Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Good morning. It is Monday, February the 14th, 2022. Happy Valentine's Day to you. Uh, I'm going to have to make a confession. I didn't do anything to prepare for my spouse on Valentine's Day. Uh, yikes. I guess that's going to be fun later today. Hey, guess what? Uh, here's a big question. We're going to catch up on all the news that you missed over the weekend. And there are some doozies that you probably missed over the weekend. Um, but can we love Mary too much? Is it possible to have too much devotion to Our Lady? I know a lot of Catholics are asking that question these days. And, uh, and you'll find opinions on both sides of that equation. But we've invited uh, Father Matthias Sasko of the Franciscans of the Immaculate to be on our program today to talk about Mary Maximalism. That's going to be an interesting conversation. It's coming up at 35 past the hour. But here is a bomb that you might have missed over the weekend. The Durham report. Uh, has been upgraded. Apparently, Democrats were paid to infiltrate the White House servers and Trump Tower servers. Do you remember, if you're if you're my age or older, you might remember uh, Watergate. You remember Richard Nixon, the whole paying people to spy on his political adversaries? That's exactly what this is. <laughs> That's exactly what's going down here. People were wiretapping, essentially, tapping into his computer and his servers in Trump Tower and in the White House. That was a big bomb over the weekend. I, I'm sure Rudy's going to cover that. Uh, police arrest protesters on the U.S.-Canada bridge there, the ambassador bridge between Detroit and, uh, and uh, Canada. Uh, TikTok users, uh-huh, uh-huh. Your data is being given back to communist China. There's a report out about that. That's fun. And then, of course, you might have missed over the weekend that uh, President Biden and Vladimir Putin spent a whole hour on the phone negotiating the Ukraine deal um, and that you, I don't know, did you watch the Super Bowl? I guess the Rams won. I didn't watch. I didn't do anything there. So there's that. A lot of stuff to cover in the program today. But I also have a What's Concerning Us story coming up at 15 past. Cardinal Mueller is warning uh, about some things about to happen in the church. And all of that coming up this hour and more. Good morning to you, Rudy Carlos. Good morning, Joe. Uh, which bomb did you like the most over the weekend? The news <laughs> bombs that, that dropped. Um, I guess uh, the, the Rams won. So that's. Are you a Rams fan? Kind of a ba- no, I'm not. <laughs> I didn't no. even watch. Yeah, I, didn't yeah. <laughs> I spent most of my time uh, preparing for Valentine's Day, like a good husband. I'm like, just kidding. <laughs> like a good husband, Valentine's is here. What was that? That was like uh, like a good neighbor. State Farm. State Farm. That's, that's right, the tune that I had in my head when you said that. Uh, are do you? Uh, so you're doing something special today for Valentine's Day. Uh, well, no, it's Monday, so we didn't, <laughs> we're not planning <laughs> oh, anything here. Mr. Good Husband over there, okay. Well, speaking of good husbands, uh, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Good morning. Howdy, howdy. What did you do for your God. spouse? Oh, yeah. You, you won't even believe. I won't. Probably it's like, not. It's crazy um, because <laughs> I don't have one. Uh, oh, the church is your spouse, man. Uh, not, not as of now. Not as of now. <laughs> um, but praise be to God. I had a great weekend. It was a good, good weekend. We did uh, 
Did not watch Super Bowl. No, um, no fo- Super Bowl at the bachelor pad. Football is gay, according to the NFL. So <laughs> there you go, folks. I, I, I tweeted that out. I was like, reminder, <laughs> reminder. Lest you forget. Lest you forget. <laughs> football is gay. The NFL is gay, according to them. I didn't. Not my words. Their words, not mine. I like the sport of football. I'm just not going to watch it. I used to. Yeah. I used yeah. to love fo- football. Yep. Didn't watch the Super Bowl, but I did see a superb owl. Last night, well, you did. Cool. I did. Oh, that's I went cool. to Galveston over the weekend on mm-hmm. Saturday. Yeah, and then yesterday we had uh, Father's birthday was yesterday, so we had cake and ice cream. It was really nice. So there you go. Nice. Good weekend. Well, praise be to God for that. We were very busy at our place over the weekend. Lots of time at church. Praise be to Jesus with mass on Friday, and then we had a big, huge training and all kinds of meetings on Saturday at the parish, and then. Of course, Mass on Sunday, and then I got to give a talk at uh, a local parish, and I talked about loving one's enemies, and I had the great honor of sharing the beautiful message of Mother Mariana de Jesus Torres of Our Lady Buen Successo de la Purificación, and her living the hellfire for five years in order to save the soul of a woman who hated her, and a great story. So I enjoyed my time yesterday hanging out with the teens and uh, I'm very grateful for that. Praise be to God. Looks like I'll be going to uh, Buffalo in March. In June, I'll be out in California. And uh, there's a couple of other things in the docket, Santa Fe, New Mexico, later this year. So looking forward to all those opportunities. But don't forget to get your car raffle tickets. Go to grnonline.com. You might win a Mercedes. Uh, that is going to be coming to an end very quickly now. grnonline.com for your car raffle tickets. But let's pray. Let's dive in. So much to catch up on this hour. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy. Hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now your headlines with Rudy Carlos. Good morning. Thanks for tuning into Catholic Drive Time. I'm Rudy Carlos. And now your Monday headlines. Breitbart reports Ukraine's leader asks for evidence on new invasion warnings. Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky played down intensified warnings of a possible Russian invasion this week. He said he has yet to see any convincing evidence of an imminent threat, even though the U.S. warned that more Russian troops are pressing closer to the borders of Ukraine. The U.S. intelligence, a U.S. intelligence official, suggests that Russia is looking at Wednesday as a possible target for military action. The official, who was not authorized to speak publicly and did so only on condition of anonymity, would not say how definitive the intelligence was. Zelensky continues to urge calm among his people. And the Epic Times reports thousands pour into Ottawa, amplifying the voice of protests around the capital. The numbers of protesters in Ottawa were bolstered by a new flood of people demanding an end to COVID-19 mandates. Greater masses of people were particularly noticeable on Parliament Hill, and then later on the streets, where they spilled out from the immediate vicinity of the truck blockade. The protesters, who patriotically sang the national anthem and waved their red and white maple flags, roused the spirits of those who were demonstrating in the negative 10 degrees Celsius weather. And Breitbart reports, AOC says Texas is turning blue is inevitable during San Antonio rally for progressive candidates. Representative Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez told a mass San Antonio crowd that Texas turning blue is inevitable, while she stumped for two Democratic congressional candidates on Saturday. Cisneros is an immigration attorney and his primary 
primary incumbent Democrat Representative Henry Quaylar, who represents the 28th District in the Lone Star State. The other AOC-endorsed candidate, Kassar, a former member of the Austin City Council, is running in the 35th District, which is currently held by longtime Representative Lloyd Doggett. Doggett is running for the state's newly created 37th District, according to Ballotpedia. And The Hill reports nearly 24 million Americans still waiting for the IRS to process 2020 tax returns. The Internal Revenue Service is grappling with a backlog of millions of tax returns from the last tax season as Americans get ready to file their 2021 returns. Nearly 24 million individual and business tax returns that require at least one action by an IRS employee have yet to be processed as of January 28th, according to taxpayer advocate data. The reason behind the delay was in part due to a lack of funding needed to both maintain and train staff and upgrade their technology to keep up with demand. And those are your headline news this morning. God love you. The saint of the day is St. Valentine, you know, because it's St. Valentine's Day. Not Valentine's Day, St. Valentine's Day. According to the New Advent Catholic Encyclopedia, at least three different St. Valentines, all of the martyrs, are mentioned in the early martyrologies under the date of 14th of February. One is described as a priest at Rome, another as a bishop of Interamna, and these two seem to have suffered in the second half of the 3rd century and to have been buried on the Flaminian Way, but at a different distance from the city. In William of Malmesbury's time, what was known to the ancestors as the Flaminian Gate of Rome and is now the Porta della Popolo was called the Gate of St. Valentine. The name seems to have been taken from a small church dedicated to the saint, which was in the immediate neighborhood. Of both the St. Valentine's, some sort of acta are preserved, but they are of relatively late date and of little historical value. They seem to have been martyrs for marriage. Of the third St. Valentine who suffered in Africa with a number of companions, nothing further is known. The popular custom of St. Valentine's Day undoubtedly had their origin in a conventional belief generally received in England and France during the Middle Ages, that on the 14th of February, halfway through the second month of the year, the birds begin to pair. Thus, in Chaucer's Parliament of Fowls, we read, For this was sent on St. Valentine's Day, when every fowl cometh there to choose his mate. For this reason, the day was looked upon as specially consecrated to lovers and as a proper occasion for writing love letters and sending lovers tokens. Both the French and the English uh, literatures of the 14th and 15th centuries contain allusions to this practice. Those who chose each other under these circumstances seem to have been called by each other their valentines. Shortly after the young lady herself wrote a letter to the same man addressing it, Unto my right well beloved Valentine, John Paston Esquire. The custom of choosing and sending Valentines has of late years fallen into comparative destitute. St. Valentine's, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Mark chapter 8, verses 11 through 13. The Pharisees came forward and began to argue with Jesus, seeking from him a sign from heaven to test him. He sighed from the depth of his spirit and said, Why does this generation seek a sign? Amen. I say to you, no sign will be given to this generation. Then he left them, got into a boat, and again went off to the other shore. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. The Venerable Bede said, For a sign from heaven was not to be given to a generation of men who tempted the Lord. 
but to a generation of men seeking the Lord. He shows a sign from heaven when in the sight of the apostles, he ascended into heaven. Yea, and amen. Praise be to God, venerable bead. Um, you know, this reminds me a long time ago of someone who encouraged me to seek a sign from God. And I questioned that. Well, the Lord says, don't, you know, we're not going to be asking for signs. And he's like, no, there's a difference here. One is to tempt and the other is to shore up. When you're seeking the Lord, he does provide you many signs, does he not? When you are seeking, what is your intention? What is your heart? Therein lies the question. If you are trying to force God to prove himself to you, well, that's a problem. But if you are seeking to be shored up, to be brought in closer, more intimate with the Lord in relation, well, that's a difference, and he's happy to provide you with them. Hadock's commentary points out, Jesus Christ did not consent to the petition they made of him because there will be another time for signs and wonders vis-a-vis his second coming when the powers of heaven shall be moved and the moon refuse her light. This, his first coming, is not to terrify man, but to instruct and store his mind with lessons of humility and every other virtue. Yeah, guess what? Many signs are coming. In the tribulation, in the final coming, and the judgment of this world, there will be more signs than you want to handle. Trust me. When fire consumes the planet, you'll see all the signs you need. Uh, Here, it goes on to say, Jesus Christ fetches a deep sigh on account of their obduracy and says, Why do these ask for a miracle to confirm their belief when they resist the authority of so many miracles which are daily performed under their eyes? Which reminds me of the Israelites in the wilderness coming up out of slavery from Egypt. Signs and wonders galore. I mean, not only did uh, our God put to death the ten pagan uh, gods of Egypt to include the firstborn son, So there was those miracles. Then there was the manna come down from heaven and the quail and the water from the rock and the the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of cloud at night. I mean, miracle after miracle, the earth cracking open and swallowing the heretics. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. How many signs do you need? I mean, what will be enough to satiate you, to satisfy you? Daily, our Lord performs miracles. I mean, do you not hear the miracle of, I absolve you in the confession? I mean, think about that miracle. You make your confession to the Lord, and you hear the voice of Christ speak back to you through the screen in the confessional, I absolve you, go in peace. That's a pretty big miracle, I'm going to have to tell you. How about the Eucharist, the Holy Eucharist, the precious blood, body, blood, and soul, and divinity of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, given to you on a daily basis if you wanted it, but at least once a week, right? How many miracles will it take to impress you? I want you to ponder that today. Do we seek a sign out of God proving himself, or do we want to grow in grace and holiness and intimacy with the Lord? Let's meditate on that. God bless you. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Catholic Drive Time is headed your way. Hello. How would you like a chance to win a Mercedes-Benz? What's up with the accent, Dave? Oh, hey, Sissel. Just putting on a posh accent, because this year with the GRN, we're raffling off a pretty... Oh, you mean the 2022 Mercedes-Benz GLA 250? That's right. And that all listeners need to do to get their tickets is to contact their general manager or visit grnonline.com forward slash raffle, and that all the funds raised go to the GRN. Tickets are only one for $25 or five for 100 Yeah, pretty much. Oh, I took over your spot again, didn't I? Well, it was probably for the best. Cheerio! Can a moral relativist object to God's goodness based on the problem of evil? The answer is no, at least when it comes to moral evil. And here's the reason. 
You see, moral relativism states no moral truths exist independently of the individual. That's to say what is right and wrong is relative to what the individual determines. Now, how can a relativist deviation from his own moral standard be considered morally evil when there's nothing to oblige him to follow his moral standard? The answer is, it can't. But if no moral evil can exist within the mental framework of moral relativism, well then obviously a relativist complaint about the problem of moral evil is useless. So the relativist either has to give up the complaint about the problem of moral evil to keep relativism, or give up relativism to keep the complaint about the problem of moral evil. The relativist can't have both. I'm Carlo Broussard with a ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Coming up at 35 past the hour, hour, Father Matthias Sosko, the Franciscans of the Immaculate, is going to be on our program to talk about Mary Maximalism. I wonder if you've ever even heard of that term. Is it possible to love Mary too much? Um, what would be the downside to that? We're going to ask some of those questions. And as Catholics, do we worship her? Do we adore her too much? Do we give her too much credit? I mean, we've all heard these kind of questions come up, not just among non-Catholics, but I've heard it among Catholics themselves. So we're going to have some of that conversation coming up with Father Matthias Sasko of the Franciscans of the Immaculate, again, at 35 past the hour. But there are, as I say, several stories in the news that are of great concern to me, and I'm sure to some of you as well. Here is one that I saw this morning that uh, gave me great concern for my colleague, Rudy Carlos. Uh, who is now uh, an international TikTok star, apparently. Uh, Rudy, (laughs) you've been on TikTok now for how many years? (laughs) I've been on TikTok for now Mm -hmm. two weeks. Wow. Two whole weeks. I've been very strategic as to Mm -hmm. what to put on Mm -hmm. there to confuse Mm -hmm. our Chinese counterparts. I don't think they're confused. I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah, because they throttled me. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I, I, I remember... Back in the good old days. Back when I was young and we only had Facebook. Smoke signals. We only had, you know, MySpace. <laughs> Smoke signals in Back MySpace. In the, in the Vine days? Yeah. The oh, Vine. yeah, the Vine. No, well before Vine. Before Vine, there that. was MySpace. Yeah. Right? Like, and then I remember when Facebook came out and it was just for college and then they added high school to it. We're like, yeah, this is cool. We can find our old friends. And then, then it went international, right? Um, you know... And then all of a sudden, one platform after another started coming up, and I'm like, I gotta get on this one. T- Twitter's out, so we gotta jump on Twitter. And now, and then after a while, I'm like, I'm tired. I, I don't want to do it anymore. I just don't want to be on 82 platforms. And if I get lectured one more time from somebody on Reddit, I mean, good grief, my eyes cannot roll enough. You know, like they're like, well, you're supposed to interact here. I don't have time to interact <laughs> everywhere. Okay, <laughs> just there's not enough time in the day. Nor do I want to give it that much effort and energy. So it just it. It's crazy. But I intentionally did not jump on TikTok. And I'm kind of glad I didn't for a number of reasons. One is because, like, the the degenerate content on some of these platforms. Like, the other day I was on our CDT Instagram thing because, you know, I don't hang out there too too often. So, And I'm like, what is this garbage here? This is garbage. Like, it just needs to be deleted. And uh, and then TikTok feels like kind of the same way. Yeah. I'm sure there's some good stuff there, but. Kind of. Not really. I mean, it's like an endless pit. But. I have it on restricted mode, and you'd be surprised the things that, that actually continue to come through 
this restricted uh, uh, yeah. setting that they have. They put, it's basically a sandbox to restrict any of the crazy stuff, but well, it still gets in. Well, here's the good news. I mean, in, even on a top and above and beyond all the degenerate content that you might find on that platform, according to this, uh, this Epic Times article out this morning, TikTok users are feeding data to the CCP intelligence agencies, cyber experts warn. I thought Trump nice. solved this problem, didn't he? Remember? Yeah. Do you remember when it was going to be banned? Yeah. And then it like, never happened? Yeah. Well, <laughs> he forced them to sell. Right. But now we thought, okay, that's going to solve this problem. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure it did. <laughs> no, it didn't, actually. So there's uh, this article. I won't read the article to you, but I'll summarize to you. Essentially, if, you have, if you're on TikTok, or if, let's say one of your kids are, because... That's really oh. who their audience is. Please so don't. how many how many of us are allowing our teens to be on TikTok on their on their cell phones? Why do they have phones? It's a good question, isn't it? But guess what? Uh, it's tracking them completely. Even GPS data. Even though, like, if they put, if you put a picture or a video there, I think it's just video. If you put a video there, there's no location that's obvious on the video itself. But according to this article in Cybersecurity Experts, that is being recorded in the background as shipped off. In, uh, and, and it's encrypted, so you don't know exactly how much information is being sent to the CCP intelligence agencies, but it is going there. So TikTok is a major security threat for America. Essentially, think about this. They've got, uh, I don't know, a, a billion or more users around the planet all using that platform, all collecting data. How many of those in America sending data back to communist China? Think on that today. Hmm. Uh, things I won't regret on my deathbed, not allowing my kids on social media or TikTok in particular. Praise God. I won't, I won't regret it. You can't make it. You can try, but it ain't going to happen. Here's an article out of the National Catholic Register. Cardinal Mueller, for faithful Catholics, it is a time of tribulation and psychological terror. This came out, uh, I think it was on Friday, maybe it came out. Here's a little bit of this article. It says, faithful Catholics are today facing a period of persecution, tribulation, and psychological terror that in an unprecedented way is coming from within their own countries that have ancient Christian traditions, Cardinal Gerhard Müller has observed. The German cardinal made the observation in an exclusive February 5th interview with the register, during which he issued a blistering attack on the state of the church in Germany and the synodal way, a controversial multi-year reform process that grew out of the clergy sexual abuse crisis. The prefect emeritus of the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith, the CDF, said these attacks on the faithful from within are coming from secularized parts of the church and frequently occur in the workplace or in schools. Now is a, quote, time of tribulation and psychological terror, unquote. And Orthodox Catholics are being, quote, persecuted. And in some countries, this is culminating in martyrdom, close quote, Cardinal Mueller noted. Quote, usually this has come from the outside, but now it's from the inside. In our countries that have old Christian traditions, it's new. It's a new situation, close quote. The cardinal's words came as a plenary meeting of the Synodal Way was concluding last weekend. The participants voted at the meeting for a raft of dissenting notions that included same-sex union blessings, Changes to the Catechism on Homosexuality, the Ordination of Women Priests, Priestly Celibacy to, the, to be Optional in the Latin Church, 
and for a lay involvement in the election of new bishops. His comments also follow a spat of controversial statements from German and European prelates in recent weeks. They include Cardinal Reinhard Marx of Munich saying on February 3rd that priests should be allowed to marry, quote, not just for sexual reasons, unquote, but so they, quote, wouldn't be so lonely. Close quote. And Cardinal Jean-Claude Hollerick of Luxembourg arguing that the church's teaching on homosexuality is, quote, false, close quote, and needed revision. Last month, more than 120 homosexual church employees in Germany demanded the blessing of same-sex unions and a change in the church's labor rules, an initiative welcomed by the German Bishops' Conference. Cardinal Mueller, who's 74 years old, who was Bishop of Regensburg, Germany from 2002 to 2012, said many of those promoting such dissenting views are, quote, secularized people, close quote, who want to keep the name Catholic to stay in the institution and take the money, but they won't accept the teaching of the Word of God. Now, this is what gets me about all that we covered a lot of this last week, actually, but... I go back to thinking about why I, I just still, I fail. Every time I think on this, it, I fail to truly understand. If they want so much change, what, they, what these people in particular that Cardinal Mueller is referencing, what they want is not the Catholic Church. <laughs> what they're describing, what they're begging for is not the Catholic Church. What they want is found in Protestantism. Right? I mean, they could, they could go find every single bit of that right now in some Protestant sect, some other place. Why not go there? You know, I think back to St. Ignatius of Antioch in 110 AD, who, you know, he had gone through a persecution. I mean, torture and death. His people had survived, the ones that did survive anyway. They knew what torture and death meant, and they knew what it looked like. So when the second coming of, of torture and death was approaching his flock, he, uh, some say, volunteered himself up to Trajan in order to defend his flock, in order to say, take me and leave them alone. I'll sacrifice myself if you'll leave them alone, right? Some scholars some, uh, have, have said that that could be the motivation. Some have said he was just tracked down and arrested. Either way, in his seven letters that we have extant, and you can go read them, they're incredible. I highly recommend them. It becomes clear that his main adversary is not Trajan. <laughs> it ain't the lion that's going to tear him to pieces in December of 110 AD in the Roman Colosseum. Uh-uh. He was looking forward to that. That was not his problem. His problem was the heretics in his diocese. The heretics who looked Catholic... They had the smells, they had the bells, they had the vestments, they had liturgies. But there was a distinct difference between the heresies, the heretics, and uh, the faithful Catholics. And he made these distinctions very clear. And he begged, begged the faithful to avoid the heresies, even if it meant they had to die as martyrs. Better to have died a martyr than to live a heretic. That is essentially the message of Ignatius of Antioch. And he warned them, because here's the deal. These people believe that the, the body was always evil, but the soul is good. So if the body does some evil thing, no big deal. Which meant they gave themselves a pass when it came to offering up incense to the emperor, which is the cult worship that they demanded to make sure that you were on the same page, right? 
We got to make sure everybody's on the same page. So we demand just a pinch of incense. That's all it is. Just a tiny little pinch. No big deal. And yet, no Christian could do it and live in a state of grace because we will not worship idols. We will not worship false gods. Absolutely not. Not even if it was easy enough to pinch some incense. No thank you. No how. No way. Even if it meant being eaten by lions. Better to have been eaten by lions and die a martyr than to live as a heretic for another 80 years. He makes this clear to the point where in his letter to the Samaritans, he uses the word Catholic. It is the first recorded use of the word Catholic. And it's found in about 110, some say 107 A.D., And this was a man who learned the Christian faith from the Apostle John, who stood at the foot of that cross. He says, where the bishop is, like Christ, there is the Catholic Church, making a distinction between the actual authentic Catholic Church and the heretics that look like Catholics. This is important stuff. And we can't just, you know, let it go. We can't just, you know, live and let live because there's no charity in watching people make terrible decisions that might send them off to the fiery pits of hell someday if they should die in a state of mortal sin. Where's the charity in that? Where's the love of one's neighbor? Right? Matthew 5.43. We must love our neighbor and love our enemies more. I mean, our Lord lays a hammer, a sledgehammer to the hard heart of those Israelites of his time that would prefer to hate their enemy than to love their enemy. To be a child of the Father, in Matthew's Gospel it says, that we should forgive even our enemies. Where is the charity to stand by and watch these people embrace such error and not try to win them back? This is at the heart of what Cardinal Mueller is saying in this article. And he's saying it's a time of tribulation and psychological terror for Catholics who want more, not less. Let's pray and offer up our sacrifices, our sufferings, and even our spiritual martyrdoms for the conversion and reversion of these wayward children. We'll be right back. Between now and February 21st, the GRN is raffling off a 2022 GLA 250 in Midnight Black. And this sweet beauty of a car can be all yours by going to grnonline.com and purchasing five tickets for $100 or $25 for one. All proceeds support Catholic Radio on the GRN. Now that's a deal that's all right, all right, all right. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever noticed that most modern philosophies are very dark and depressing? As G.K. Chesterton says, most people in our world today have been forced to be happy about the little things, but sad about the big ones. But that's not the way we were meant to be. We were meant to be joyful. Sadness is only an interlude. Praise should be the permanent pulsation of the soul. The Christian is able to deny himself immediate pleasures because there's great joy and fulfillment inside him. The pagan must constantly seek after pleasure because there's great sadness and emptiness inside him. Joy, which is the small publicity of the pagan, is the gigantic secret of the Christian. Let's share the secret. Want more than a minute? Visit our website, chesterton.org. 
Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm Rudy Carlos, and now more headlines. The Blaze reports U.S. State Department requires Americans fleeing Ukraine to show proof of vaccination to enter Poland, despite Poland not requiring proof of vaccination for travelers. A State Department announcement released on Saturday says that Poland has indicated to the U.S. government that U.S. citizens may now enter Poland through the land border with Ukraine. But the U.S. State Department announced Saturday that Americans fleeing Ukraine may enter through Poland, although U.S. citizens must prevent uh, must present proof of vaccination against COVID-19. This appears to be a U.S. State Department requirement since Poland does not require vaccinations against COVID-19 to enter the country. And the Washington Times reports police arrest protesters who remained at U.S.-Canada Bridge. Police moved in to clear and arrest the remaining protesters near the busiest U.S.-Canadian border crossing on, sa- on Sunday, trying to end a demonstration against COVID-19 restrictions that has hurt the economy of both nations. Although they arrested the protesters at the border, they held back from a crackdown of the larger protests in Ottawa. The protests have reverberated across the country and beyond and continue to inspire similar protests in France, New Zealand, and the Netherlands. The U.S. State Department of Homeland uh, Security warned that truck convoys may be in the works in the United States. Who knows, maybe. The Epic Times reports area around Super Bowl restricted by fighter jets. Never before seen formation. The FAA confirmed an hour before kickoff that drones and any airplanes without special authorization were banned for flying within 30 feet of the stadium. Pilots who entered the area could could have faced fines of over $30,000 along with criminal charges. The 144th Fighter Wing Detachment 1, commanded by Lieutenant Colonel Mark Jancy, confirmed to American Military News that fighter jets had the capacity to be dispatched from several military bases to intercept any aircraft who disregarded the flight ban. And one American news report, Speaker Pelosi spent $500,000 on private jets in 2021 despite climate breaching. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi is facing new allegations of hypocrisy amid reports she spent more than half a million dollars on private jets, all while pushing climate change as America's biggest threat. Federal Election Commission reports revealed Pelosi's campaign spent $437,000 for 10 trips in 2021. During a climate change conference in Glasgow, Scotland, she lectured everyday people about their moral obligation to reduce emissions while pushing Joe Biden's failed Build Back Better bill. And those are your headline news this morning. God love you. Praise be to God in all things. Thank you, Rudy, for keeping us up to date. Don't forget uh, that car raffle. We're giving away uh, a Mercedes. Somebody's going to be driving a brand new Mercedes in just about uh, a week or so. Uh, You could be the guy or the gal to do that, but you have to get your car raffle tickets in quickly. Go to grnonline.com. Scroll down to you see the uh, black Mercedes. It's a GLA 250. Click on that for the rules, and you can purchase them right there at grnonline.com. Praise be to God. Joining us right now via phone is Father Matthias uh, Sasko, the Franciscans of the Immaculate, and we're here to talk about Mary Maximalism. Good morning to you, Father Matthias. Uh, Good morning. Ave Maria to all of you. Praise be to God. We're grateful for your time, Father. You know, I am uh, I'm a, a big fan. I, one of my uh, patron saints is Father uh, Kolbe, Father Maximilian Kolbe. I love Father Kolbe. I love reading it, The Life of Father Kolbe. In fact, Adrian just purchased for me uh, The Life of Father Kolbe in Nagasaki. I just went through that. Great book. Really enjoyed it. And uh, one of the struggles in that book uh, that he was going through was his fellow priests that didn't share his love for the Immaculata quite to the degree that he did. 
And I imagine that the struggle for some Catholics uh, across the church, can we love Our Lady too much? Father Matthias, what would you say? <laughs> well, uh, it's a very good question. Uh, and the answer is, well, we can't love her too much if we love her as God wants us to love her. And that's where really Marian maximalism concentrates itself. How much does God want us to love Our Lady? Where has God placed her in the church and in the economy of grace? So as long as we are recognizing God's work in her and the position, the role, the mission that God has given her, we cannot ever, ever love her too much. So maybe you can help uh Describe the role God has placed Our Lady in the order of salvation. Oh, sure. Well, uh, so I'll try to make it as simple as possible, although I, I can't resist using uh, you know, the <laughs> theological authors that have, that have contributed here. So uh, the role that Our Lady possesses is first given to her by God. So I repeat this because it's never too much to repeat it. It's something that she receives from God. It's not a role that she takes for herself. And this role is best understood if we start with her joint predestination with Christ. I mean, we have to start really uh, at the very beginning. She was um, married together with Jesus, was jointly predestined, we say, and that's Pope uh, Pius IX, actually. So from all eternity, she was predestined by God to be the mother of Jesus, predestined to be together with him, predestined to uh, be his mother and collaborator. And uh, we express that uh, principle in, in more theological terms uh, when we say that everything that is to be attributed to Christ, all his prerogatives and uh, all his attributes, uh, therefore must be attributed to Our Lady, to Mary, insofar as she is a creature and a woman. So everything that is to be said of Christ by joint predestination is to be said of Mary, but, again, as long as it doesn't require being God or a biological male like Christ is. Now, that's an abstract way to put it. Then we'd have to give examples. I don't know if you want me to go into examples, or <laughs> I'll, give, I'll, give, I'll let you speak before I continue. <laughs> well, it is a hard topic, right? I mean, I, I'm a convert to the Church. I grew up uh, Church of Christ, but mostly just secular paganism, hedonism. Uh, and I remember uh, coming into the Catholic faith, especially after I, I had uh, a, a mystical encounter and on this wild journey, one of the struggles that I had was on Our Lady. And, and for many, it feels like we almost feel guilty, right? We're like if we give Our Lady too much of our time, our focus, our attention, our veneration, then our, we are robbing our Lord uh, of his what's due to him. What would you say to that, Father Matthias? Well, I would, uh, I would look at the causes of, of that erroneous way of looking at the relationship between Our Lord and, and Our Lady. Uh, and nobody, not, maybe not everybody falls into these categories, but one of the reasons why we look at Our Lord and Our Lady this way is we are raised and, and formed in our society to see almost everything through the lens of some sort of like a class a struggle it's, you know, <laughs> races fighting against one another, mm. sexes fighting against one another, uh, you know, in the, in the church, vocations fighting against one another, priests versus lady, men versus women, white versus black. So we can't help sometimes but to see that relationship between our Lord and our lady also as a struggle. 
it's Our Lady that wants to take more from Christ and Christ that resists, and and that's totally not the case. But again, we can sometimes maybe be influenced by that. Next, we don't always have um, maybe a, a totally healthy experience of, let's say, family life or just human relationship dynamics, and jealousy is very much a part of our, our human experience. People get jealous when when <laughs> when they feel excluded, and and uh, and there's that there is that human strife, you know, class struggle or not, and, and we uh, project that upon our Lord and Our Lady as one being jealous of the other. If we give Our Lord too much attention, well, then Our Lady kind of feels jealous, and, and vice versa. And lastly, just our human condition that we just cannot give our whole and undivided attention to two different people at at once. And that's something that we struggle with because uh, we'd like to, but we can't. And St. Maximilian Mary Colby emphasized that it's, it's a limit on just on our human condition. I mean, we'd like to think of our Lord and Our Lady together because theologically they're indissoluble, cannot be separated. And yet, when we pray to one with our whole and undivided attention, we can't pray to the other. So we feel a sense of a certain guilt almost, uh, which we shouldn't equate with guilt. It's just a limit on our, on our human condition. So what do I say to that? I, I think all three are to be kept in mind, and and it's good to zoom out from our own human condition and, and remind ourselves of, of the theological reality that if, if, if Our Lady is the one who leads us to Christ, even if we give her all our attention, imagine being on a highway. If you, I don't know what the highway is. I'm from Massachusetts here, but if you take any highway there uh, in, in, in Texas and you just keep going, it's going to lead you to your destination. So same thing with Our Lady. If we give ourselves to her, she will lead us to our destination. Uh, and likewise, if we look at our Lord, it's from him that Marian devotion comes. He is the one that, again, chooses to be incarnate of her, chooses to endow her with her grace, chooses to respond to her intercession at the wedding feast in Cana. From the uh, cross, gives her to us as mother. So it's this, 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 everything is, is, is a gift from our Lord. He is the one that wants us and inspires us, actually. It's a grace that comes from Him to love Our Lady and to have devotion to her and to pray to her and to, in final analysis, to imitate Him. Uh, when, we, um, when we embrace Mary in devotion, when we recognize ourselves as children of Mary, we are really only perfectly imitating Christ Himself, who was exactly that, a son of Mary, and, uh, and had love for His mother far greater than, than the love we could ever have. So that's what I would say. Yeah, <laughs> praise be to God. Father Matthias Sasko is our guest, the Franciscans of the Immaculate. We're, we're coming up to a break right now, so uh, there's so much more I want to ask you, Father. So we're going to take a very quick break, and we're going to come back, and we're going to continue our conversation. One of the questions that I want to ask is, it, what would be the point, if you could cross the line and go too far, what would that look like? Uh, so that, and maybe how do we grow in devotion and love of Our Lady, especially if we have struggled with the idea previously? All that and more with Father Matthias Sasko of the Franciscans of the Immaculate coming up in just about a minute and a half from now. So don't go anywhere. Catholic Drive Time has more for you, but do us a favor and share us with a friend. We'll be right back. Joy during Lent? St. Benedict thinks so. One Minute Monk, Abbot Placid Solari of Belmont Abbey. There are two times when St. Benedict uses the word joy in his rule. Believe it or not, they are in the chapter on the observance of Lent. What message is he trying to send us? 
Since Lent is a preparation for Easter, the first message is that faith in the resurrection of Jesus Christ ought to be a source of abiding confidence and joy in our life. No matter what trials we face, we have already overcome them in a certain way in Christ. The second is that fidelity to a life of integrity that corresponds with our faith is the only way to peace and joy in life. For your free copy of The Rule of St. Benedict, visit OneMinuteMonk.com. O-N-E MinuteMonk.com We know Lent as a time of special discipline and attention to our Christian life. St. Benedict sees Lent as an opportunity for joy in the Holy Spirit. Do we have that kind of joy in our life? Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired, I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Father Matthias Sasko is our guest. He is with the Franciscans of the Immaculate. Praise be to Jesus. And we're talking about Our Lady. Father, welcome back to the show. Um, so Thank I want to ask you, is it possible, like, in the scenario of where we go too far in our love and devotion of Our Lady, what would that even look like? Is it possible, A, and what would it look like, B? Father, what do you say? Well, uh, I'll answer that on a, a few different levels. So, uh, too much would be uh, attributing to Our Lady what God didn't give her, attributing to Our Lady graces that, in reality, God, God hasn't bestowed upon her. That would be too much. And you notice here that the point of reference is God. What has God done for Our Lady? Well, everything that He has done, we can and we must recognize. And no matter how much that is, recognizing it is never too much. Uh, however, if we can speak of an excess, trying to attribute to her what she's incapable of or, or what God did not bestow upon her would be too much. Now, concretely speaking, and um, this doesn't happen too often, uh, in fact, uh, at the Second Vatican Council, and this is just a little footnote, uh, one of the theologians who intervened, he was the superior general of the Dominicans, raised this exact issue. He says, you know, we're so constantly warned about attributing too much to Our Lady and being careful to attribute too much to her, but like, who are these people? Like, who actually does this? Uh, for example, to call Our Lady Creator would be an excess because she is a creature and no creature can, um, can, can create. Uh, so that would be a clear excess. But who does that? I mean, like, <laughs> when have you ever heard in your writer call Our Lady yeah. the Creator? What so about, what about be... mediatrics of all graces, though? Good question. So that is, um, that is clearly true for... Scriptural reasons, we see that clearly in Scripture. For theological reasons, we see that in the theologians. And for magisterial reasons, it's not something really disputed. It's, in fact, so clearly taught by the magisterium, it's infallibly true. Now, to us, it might seem like, what? Infallibly true? I, I know so many people that question that. But the fact that people question it is not a sign that it's debated. It's a sign that it's contested. It's a sign that there's dissent from that teaching, not that it's in any way un uncertain. In Scripture, again, we see Our Lady, you know, mediating graces uh, at the visitation, mediating graces in Cana. She is, in fact, the one who 
so to speak in quotes, makes the mediator. Christ himself wants his human and divine nature to be united by Our Lady. She has a, an integral motherly role there. It's, it's her job, so to speak. It's in her job description to, uh, to mediate graces. So that's not at all too much. Uh, and subsequently, the theologians have developed that, and popes and bishops around the world at all places and at all times have taught that. So it's, uh, that's, that's certainly not, not too much. Quite the contrary, it's only when we recognize Our Lady's mediation explicitly that we receive all the graces that God wants to give to us. We see that in Cana. Had Our Lady not been there, Christ would not have anticipated his hour. Mm. Because she is there, she intervenes explicitly that Christ works that miracle that otherwise, the fathers of the Church say, otherwise would not have occurred. So in, in no way does she, is she like an impediment, like, oh, we would, you know, we would have such a better relationship with God if only Our Lady wasn't there. Quite the contrary. She, she opens up for us the road to our relationship with Christ. She leads us into the depths of his heart. She introduces us into the very intimacy of the Trinity, and without her, that is simply not possible. You know, Father, I um, was thinking yeah. about this uh, topic, and I was reading the book A Mary Maximalism by Father, uh, by Dr. Uh, Fleischman, that was published yes. by um, the Mary Immaculate Press, and the, uh, the Academy of the Immaculate. And one yes. of the things that he notes there, are, there, there's two things. One is the fact that he believes that there is no such thing as a Marian heretic. It's not possible. And he gives examples of some alleged Marian heretics, like the uh, example of a someone who deifies Our Lady, and, and, but he says, well, no, that's not actually true. They're actually replacing Venus and just adding the name of Our Lady there instead. Um, what do you say about these Mary minimalists who come and say, you know, they they say, okay, well, we're going to believe the absolute bare minimum about Our Lady that's required, that's dogmatically taught, and uh, we're not going to do anything further than that, so we're not technically heretics. Uh, this became very popular leading up to the uh, Second Vatican Council, um, and Karl Rahner the fam- is probably the most famous Mary minimalist, and uh, then afterwards we see a kind of a, a resurgence of that. Uh, up till today, many, many people uh, having that kind of mentality, and even to the point where rosaries were forbade, forbidden in seminaries. Uh, so how would you respond to someone who says, you know, we're not, we're not going to say anything contrary to the church, we're just going to have the bare minimum belief about Our Lady? How would you respond to that? Well, uh, you know, I'd, uh, to add some humor to, to my response, I would say that even if you want to be a Marian minimalist, a sincere Marian minimalist, uh, you're going to be a maximalist because if you want to just recognize the bare minimum that the church has defined and the church has taught, I mean it, that basically coincides with 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 maximalism. If you if, because that's exactly the point that I'm trying to make here. Everything everything that God has has given to Our Lady just puts her in a category of her own, but. To, to backtrack, so if somebody does sincerely claim to wish um, to just to recognize the minimum, well, the dogmas are one thing. So there's the four Marian dogmas of Our Lady's Immaculate Conception, perpetual virginity, uh, Immaculate Conception, oh, I'm sorry, divine maternity, and assumption into heaven. But besides the dogmas, there's, there are other certain, even infallible teachings that have not been dogmatically defined. I mentioned the mediation of all graces. I mean, that is infallibly taught. It has to be definitively held by the faithful. Our Lady's spiritual maternity, that is to be definitively held by all the faithful as well. So there's just that problem. It's an ecclesiological problem. 
it's, uh, it's, it's, it's outside of Mariology, it's related to Mariology, but it's a problem that just in the 20th century the Church faced on, on different fronts, uh, just a rejection of the teaching authority of the Church and uh, hiding behind just, just, just mere dogmas. No, the Church, again, definitively teaches other things that are not yet dogmatically articulated. So those are the, the examples that I gave there. Marian co-redemption, for example, that could be defined as an article of faith at any moment. It's so certain. It's, the starting point is not debate. In fact, the, currently the starting point is like, wow, we are so sure that Our Lady has a, a unique contribution, a unique collaboration in redemption that, that, you know, it's just it's a question of like, when are we going to make it dogmatic? So if somebody is sincere, I would, I would point out all of that to them, that uh, the minimum is already a lot. And, um, and lastly, that if we are, again, I think I would challenge, well, maybe not challenge, invite people to a self-examination whether their minimalism is really sincere. Because very frequently this minimalism is, is actually a desire for a certain independence from God. Because Our Lady's greatness is, comes from where? From her total dependence on God, total submission to God, total humility before God, which allows her to be elevated to such just such heights. And it's very frequently that people perceive that, that Our Lady is this, you know, uh, just paradigm of submission to God, and it's that which they resist. They, they don't want God to be so great in their lives, hence they, they, they want to carve out an autonomy both for Our Lady from God and, you know, diminish her, but for ourselves, for the Church, and for their own lives from God as well. So I would ask people, are you sincere? Uh, or is there maybe some some deficiency in your in your so-called minimalism? So that would be part of my answer <laughs> to them. Father, I appreciate the uh, theological explanation, um, but I'm wondering. You know, I, I think as a young man, I was confused by you know the very many different apparitions, and seemingly from yes. I, I was very lukewarm. So I was looking at from an outside perspective, people having these devotions to these particular apparitions, and it always was weird to me. But later on in life, uh, I. I you know, started picking up the rosary and understanding the life of, of Mary. Um, how would you, what would you, what would you suggest for someone who doesn't really have a relationship with our Blessed Mother, and how do they enkindle that relationship? Got about two minutes. Okay, so I'll try to be brief. It's actually apparitions. You might be surprised to hear me say this, uh, but apparitions are one way in which we can give Our Lady too much. Uh, mm. There's a proliferation of alleged apparitions. Not all of them are approved by the Church. Some of them are actually explicitly condemned by the Church. So to hold on to an apparition that's condemned would be giving Our Lady too much, because we can be sure it's not from her. Or to, you know, even to follow an apparition that's not condemned nor approved without sufficient research, without sufficient intellectual, you know, without sufficient prudence, that might be a way to give Our Lady too much. So not all dubious apparitions are the best way to go to grow in devotion to Our Lady. Following the approved ones is, is good. Um, but to grow, we have to pray to our Blessed Lady. That's the words of St. Maximilian are just pray to her. Uh, open your heart to her. Ask her to lead you and to guide you. And in, in short time, you will find yourself in a relationship with God that is just, you know, like, like, like you've never experienced. So it's, it's a question of experience. And let, let our Lady guide you. Turn to her. Pray to her. And you will find that your relationship with our Lord grows. Your identification with our Lord grows. So prayer. What kind of prayer? Of course, the Holy Rosary is the best. That's the one that Our Lady asks for. It's the one that's a meditation on the gospel and the life of our Lord. And there's no better advice that I could give. Intellectual formation, yes. 
also reading good, solid literature on Our Lady, devotional or theological, but without prayer, it's just going to speak to the intellect and won't, won't really move the heart, and it's the heart that Our Lady wants. We're down to just about a minute now with Father Matthias Sasko of the Franciscans of the Immaculate. Now, Father, you have, you have a series of videos, sort of like a, like a school of Mary. Tell us about that, and where can we find them? Oh, sure. So those can be found on uh, airmaria.com or the Franciscan Friars YouTube channel. And yeah, it's, um, uh, it's exactly what the title indicates. It's a school of Mary, and uh, various friars hopefully will contribute to it over, over time. It's a, it's a school in which we learn to uh, know Our Lady and to love Our Lady. Mm, the okay. current uh, series is A Life of Union with Mary, so how to actually live our lives united to Our Lady. And uh, I think I'm up to six videos now. It's been, uh, there's been a long pause since the last one, but I hope to be able to continue that soon. All right. I invite everybody to see those. Praise be to God. You can find that at airmaria.com. That's air, A-I-R, airmaria.com. Father Matthias, thank you for your time today. God love you and God bless you. God bless you. Thank you so much. Ave All right. Maria. Praise be to God. That's going to do it for our number one of Catholic Drive Time today. Thank you for joining us for that. We always love hanging out with you, too. Praise be to God. We're going to keep your prayers and your intentions, dear listener, in our hearts today. And if you are at all able to join us in the second hour, do so. We'd love to have you. We're going to have a game show and new prizes this week. Praise be to God. Some good news and some fun conversation all coming up. Go to grnonline.com forward slash cdt. God love you. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. You could win a 2022 Mercedes-Benz GLA 250 and help drive home the word of God. The GRN is raffling off this night black compact SUV with the luxury and performance you expect from Mercedes-Benz to support the mission of Catholic Radio. This car could be yours for only $25. Buy four tickets, you get one free. The 2022 GRN car raffle ends February 21st, so get your tickets today at grnonline.com slash raffle. This is a Messy Family Minute with Mike and Alicia Hernan. In the document Lumen Gentium, the church tells us the family is, so to speak, the domestic church. In it, parents should, by their word and example, be the first preachers of the faith to their children. This worldwide pandemic has made it even more clear that the spiritual responsibility for children rests firmly in the hands of parents. Parents need to create an environment of prayer at home and then teach their children the tools of prayer. If prayer time, with little ones especially, becomes a wrestling match or playtime, we suggest that you remove items of amusement, ignore distracting behavior from young children, and then be an example to them by turning your own mind and heart to God. If parents and older children have a heartfelt attitude of prayer, they set the right tone and example for the little ones. 
Remember, our Heavenly Father loves our best efforts to honor Him and will take our messy offerings and return them with grace and favor. For more ideas on prayer, visit us at MessyFamilyMinute.org. Your Odyssey begins at the University of Dallas, the premier Catholic liberal arts university in Texas. With campuses in Irving and Italy, UD's rigorous core curriculum sets it apart. An education rooted in the great works of Catholic and Western tradition. An education that ennobles and enables students in their pursuit of wisdom, truth, and virtue. Undergraduate, graduate, and certificate programs available. Start your college odyssey at the University of Dallas today. Go to udallas.edu to learn more. Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God, we ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious, it's fun, it's your Catholic Drive Time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. It is Monday, February the 14th. 2022. It is Happy Valentine's Day. Um, so what did you get uh, for your spouse today? Your significant, your Valentine. I'd love to know if you want to hang out with us in the after show today where we conversate directly with you, then uh, you can tell us. I'd love to know. Praise be to God. And so we're on Facebook. We're on, we're two places on Facebook. You got two options there. We're on YouTube. And I think we're only one option there today. And then we're on LinkedIn. I'm live streaming on my personal uh, profile on LinkedIn. So just search for Joe McLean. You can find and comment there. We're on Odyssey. And then I cross post to a bunch of other places. But that's kind of where we check the comments. And soon maybe we'll be on Rumble too, live streaming. We'll have to see how that goes. But there's lots of ways for you to conversate and interact directly with us in what we call the after show, which is the second half of this hour. Now, in this first half hour, while we're still on the radio with you, praise be to God, I have to remind you that your chance to win a brand new Mercedes is coming up to an end very quickly now, right? So if you would like a brand new 2022 GLA uh, Mercedes in night black. You better hurry. Go to grnonline.com for the details. Scroll down till you see that Mercedes. Click on that. You'll find the rules, and you can purchase your raffle tickets right there. Super easy. It's a lot of fun. And your chances are not all that bad. But to be honest with you, we get to use the proceeds to keep that local Guadalupe Radio Network station that you're tuned into right now. We get to keep that on the air. And you might win a car. It's a winner for both of us. So go to grnonline.com for the details. Good morning to you, Rudy Carlos. Good morning, Joe. Praise be to God. Now, no. in the last hour, you said you 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 weren't really prepared for Valentine's Day. Uh, that was a lie. Well, <laughs> was it? Do we need to get Father <laughs> Matthias back on to hear confessions? I I'll tell you what I did. I'm gonna. Okay. It's spoiler mm-hmm. alert. I yeah. don't think my beloved is here. I made a playlist for her. So that's oh, my oh. that's my. Like, like a, a songs, here. you mean? Mm-hmm. Love ballads. Love ballads. Oh, yeah. That's like good old radio days. Man. You remember the uh, in the 90s, there used to be yeah. a commercial at like 3 in the morning. Yeah. It was like the 50 epic How's it love go? ballads. <laughs> da, da, da. And it's just like like little snippets of every love song. <laughs> it's, oh, it's better than that one, I got to tell you. 
Of five spots from number ten, it's soppy, wet, crying love song by now, who that's knows who. what I call love song. Yeah, exactly, volume twenty-five. We used to call Andy like, "Can you can you tell my sweetie that I love her?" Yes, you just did. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's funny because we all tuned into that stuff. We all listened. We would be Art way Yeah, yes, yeah. <laughs> Delilah and all that stuff. Nice. It was, speaking of which, Agent Fonseca's here. On the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Howdy, howdy. Praise be to God. It's good to be here. Is that Father Matthias hanging out next to you in the video corner there? Uh, probably. Is he just, kinda, <laughs> he's just keeping an eye on you? I'm yeah. glad somebody needs to. It's praise good, be to good, God. Good friend. Good friend. He's been a good friend. Did you, uh, did you ever call in a, a, like a request no. for your sweetie no, at all? No, of course not. Ever? No, nobody does that anymore. One oh, day, my son. Sad. One yeah. day, my son. No, yeah, no. <laughs> we should take requests sometime on the show. <laughs> that would be great. Like, call in a <laughs> request for your sweetie. Who needs, who needs a Valentine? Times whenever you have a mom and a sister who makes you cookies. So true, Ken. So yesterday, my daughter made me a cookie. Actually, I brought see, it with me to work today. I mean? She makes good cookies, my, by yeah, the way. My mom and my sister uh, made me uh, a bucket of cookies. A for bucket? Yeah, it's like a, a KFC bucket. And you brought the leftovers in to work today. There are no leftovers here. <sighs> a bucket, and there's not one left over? They gave it to me Man. yesterday. Wow. And uh, they're little cookies with Hershey kisses in them. So, you know, they're kisses. Yeah. Wow. So, that's, very cute. Yeah. My daughter yeah. did the same thing for me. Maybe we ought to take, uh, you know, a Valentine's request in the after show today. Sounds okay. Yeah, we'll sing them. We'll sing them for you. <laughs> if you would like to call in your Valentine's request, maybe we'll open the phone lines in the second half of the hour today. And, uh, <laughs> okay. I don't know. We'll have to, I don't do know. It. We'll see. We'll That'll see. be fun. It'll be fun. Praise be to Our God. Our phones work now, so yeah. we can do it. <laughs> so we have a good news story coming up for you. Uh, God is so very good. We just wrapped up a wonderful conversation with Father Matthias Sosko of the uh, Franciscans of the Immaculate about Mary Maximalism. Is it possible to love Our Lady too much? Uh, short answer, no. But you can w- listen to that conversation. It'll be posted to our social feeds at some point, And it's all linked up on our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. But good news coming, Saint of the Day, Gospel of the Day. And then we play our game show, Fear and Trembling, where you can win prizes. And we have new prize pack this week. So it's going to be a fun week. It's going to be a great hour. So join us for all, or at least whatever you can. But do us a favor, most importantly. And not only tuck us in your prayers, but also share us with a friend. That would be super important. Let's begin by praying for the conversion of sinners around the world. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, and now your good news with Rudy Carlos. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm Rudy Carlos, and now your good news story. Epic Times reports veteran battling PTSD builds a mountainside castle to help struggling military personnel. An ex-soldier battling PTSD has built a castle on the mountainsides where he used to sleep rough to help veterans battle their inner demons. Mickey Allen, who's 41, says his therapy fort is now busier than ever as military personnel struggle with mental issues because of the pandemic. The ex-Lance Corporal was diagnosed with PTSD after watching his friends get killed by bombs in Afghanistan. He says, quote, I came back a different person, said Mickey. Who stayed in Afghanistan for seven months, I suffered with flashbacks, self-destructive tendencies, depression, homelessness, poverty, suicidal thoughts, and behaviors. 
Additionally, back home, his marriage fell apart and he began sleeping rough in a remote cabin in Midis... I can't pronounce that. It's a mountain near Cair, Philly County in Wales, England. Mickey was sleeping on his friend's sofas until he started to build a cabin high up in the woods. He found that spending time in nature and creating achievable goals helped him feel better. Even though I went through starvation for long periods of time, I've come away from two years of homelessness with a deep appreciation for the simple things that can often be taken for granted, an understanding of suffering that can't be taught in books, Mickey said. I found employment, started private mental health treatment, and began to understand myself. I started to make progress, reconnecting with friends and family I previously avoided and isolated myself from. This helped Mickey find the direction and purpose he was looking for in his life. Unfortunately, when he came home one day, he found that the cabin he had begun building was reduced to rubble for breaching forestry regulations, as he didn't have a planning permit. However, a local farmer's family offered space to Mickey so that he could live and rebuild on that land. They offered him their caravan, which he lived in for 18 months. He started building a fort because of the positive inf impact the first cabin had on him. Mickey's vision was to use the castle to offer a therapeutic-based support service for veterans. During the next three years, he used only natural local resources to build his own home fort, which is the base of his organization, Endex. For Mickey, it was an amazing experience. He said that from being completely on his last leg, struggling to live and survive, rebuilding the cabin gave him small goals that he could achieve every day on his own. I had no phone, no TV, no radio. Spending so much time in nature, completely isolated away from outside pressures, allowed me to find myself again. So the cabin grew, and so did I. When I started to rebuild the second cabin, lots of people and charities started to make to take interest. Mickey was allowed to express his thoughts, and thus, with a diverse team of passionate and understanding people, Endex was born. The organization offers a variety of skill-based courses to help veterans rebuild their lives. And that's really good news. God love you. And the saint of the day, well, you know, today is St. Valentine's Day, so we're going to do St. Valentine. According to the New Advent Catholic Encyclopedia, at least three different St. Valentines existed, and all of them were martyrs. And they're mentioned in the early martyrologies under the date of February 14th. One is described as a priest at Rome, and another a bishop of Intermna. And these two seem both to have suffered in the second half of the third century and to have been buried on the Flaminian Way, but at different distances from the city. And William of Malmesbury, there, during his time, what was known to the ancients as the Flaminian Gate of Rome and is now the Porta della Popolo, was called the Gate of St. Valentine. The name seems to have been taken from a small church dedicated to the saint, which was in the immediate neighborhood. Of both these St. Valentines, some sort of acta are preserved, but they are of relatively late date and of little historical value. They seem to have both been martyrs for marriage. And of the third St. Valentine, who suffered in Africa with a number of companions, nothing further is known. The popular custom associated with St. Valentine's Day undoubtedly had their origin in a conventional belief generally received in England and France during the Middle Ages, that on February 14th, halfway through the second month of the year, the birds begin to pair. Thus, in Chaucer's Parliament of Fowls, we read, For this was sent on St. Valentine's Day, one every fowl cometh there to choose his mate. For this reason, the day was looked upon as specially consecrated to lovers and as a proper occasion for writing love letters and sending lover tokens. 
Both the French and the English literatures of the 14th and 15th centuries contain allusions to the practice. Those who choose each other under these circumstances seem to have been called by each other their valentines. An example from the time period, unto my right well beloved valentine, John Paston Esquire. The custom of choosing and sending valentines has of late years fallen into comparative dis, uh, dissitude. Uh, St. Valentines, all three of them, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Mark chapter 8, verses 11 through 13. The Pharisees came forward and began to argue with Jesus, seeking from him a sign from heaven to test him. He sighed. From the depth of his spirit and said, Why does this generation seek a sign? Amen, I say to you, no sign will be given to this generation. Then he left them, got into the boat, and again went off to the other shore. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. The had said, Or they seek a sign from heaven. That is, they wish him to make the sun and moon stand still, to bring down hail and change the atmosphere. For they thought that he could not perform miracles from heaven, but could only uh, do it from Beelzebub, perform these miracles on earth. You see, they were looking to make him, to force him to prove himself by changing the sun, the moon, and the stars. Adrian, what did you find? Yes, a number of things. Uh, one thing is our Lord sighed. Like, just think about that for a second. Our Lord sighed. He's like, "Ugh, that's what I. That's how I imagine it. That's probably not how he did it, but that's how I imagine it." And uh, but why is this? So Cornelius Lapide points out that this is not the first time they'd asked this. We see from just the Gospel of Matthew. So this is from Mark, Mark chapter eight, from Matthew chapter twelve and chapter sixteen, and two different occasions they bring this up again. And they're like, "Hey, would you show us a sign?" And, uh, and, there are, and Jesus is like, oh, my goodness, how many times are you going to ask me to show you a sign? I keep showing you signs over and over again, and every single time, you, uh, you don't believe. And so what are they asking for? They're asking for a sign from heaven. Uh, Joe gave a couple examples. One example Cordes Lapide gives, he says that they are asking for manna from heaven to come down. And, and he, no- he notes that these are the same Jews who are there at the multiplication of loaves and fishes. And so they have the multiplication of loaves and fishes, and then immediately after, like, okay, uh-huh, I see what you're doing there. That's pretty cool that you can multiply loaves and fishes, but can you make the bread come down from heaven? Hmm, is that, can you do that? And so that's the, this is the thing that, that, that we're seeing here. Our Lord does give us signs. He gives us signs constantly. Even in our own lives, God gives us signs. Are we paying attention and are we accepting them as a sign? I just think about there used to be this billboard in Houston that used to, that said, uh, if you're looking for a sign, this is it. And it's a giant collar. And, uh, and I'm like, I'm like, eh, that's definitely not a sign. That's not for me. Uh, but clearly our Lord is giving signs to us left and right and everywhere. And are we looking for them? Are we accepting the signs that our Lord gives us or are we rejecting them out of the hardness of our hearts? Are we demanding that God play by our rules and give us signs according to our means and according to our wants? Uh, let us uh, submit our will to the will of God. Amen. Praise be to God. Groaning. 
for this salvation of the hard-hearted. Boy, I can almost hear him doing that for me almost daily. At least that's what my wife says. <laughs> I kid. Praise be to God. It is time to play our game, Fear and Trembling, a Catholic trivia game show where prizes are at stake, and the kicker is you don't need to know the correct answers. But you do need to make a phone call. If you've not played our game before, can I encourage you, please Call now. Make a phone call. Be our contestant. It could be you. The phone number is 877-757-9424. We're going to go to a break, come back, and play the game, but we need a contestant to do so. Again, that phone number is 877-757-9424. Call right now. We'll be right back. Fear and Tripling is up next. Blessed John Paul II once said, As the family goes, so goes the nation, and so goes the whole world in which we live. How easy it is to point fingers and place blame for the mess in which our society has found itself. But stop just for a minute and ask, what have I done to make it better? Is my family doing anything to improve the world? Possibly the most effective thing a family can do for society is pray together regularly. Pray for our president every single day. Pray for all our government leaders, our bishops and priests, our teachers, our military, our business owners. Create a list of family petitions. If the teenager puts an anonymous prayer request on the list, let it be anonymous. Prayer is our greatest weapon to change the nation and the world. Remember what Father Patrick Payton said, the family that prays together stays together. This has been a minute for your marriage and family with Balanced Families Ministries. So many of us carry such heavy burdens. She's having a relationship with George. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. Deep within, we struggle because sin separates us from God. But thanks to the grace of confession, God compassionately listens, forgives, and sets us free. So if it's been a while since you've been to confession or mass, come home and experience a fresh start. Visit catholicscomehome.org. Having trouble with your car radio? No worries. The Guadalupe Radio Network has just released our new version of our app. With the app, you can get a crystal clear connection of your local station no matter where you are. You can also listen to podcasts of past shows and find more ways to connect with us. Getting the new app is easy. Just search the App Store on your phone for the Guadalupe Radio Network and either download it or if you already have it, choose the update option. Happy listening. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. <laughs> the Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling, the Catholic Trivia Game Show where we have a secret and hidden agenda. So please do me a favor and don't tell people what my secrets and agendas are. Uh, all right, then if you can agree to that, then I'll tell you. But what we need first, before I tell you all of my secrets and my agendas, is we do need a phone call. Uh, we're looking for that contestant to be our caller at 877-757-9424. Call now. 
If you'd like to play the game, if you've never played before, it's easy. It's fun. You don't need to know the answers. 877-757-9424. That phone number is 877-757-9424. If it's been a while since you've played the game, you can try again. Call back 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. But here's the deal. We have uh, three Catholic trivia questions in front of us. But here's the secret, okay? Again, don't tell anybody. But we like to teach the faith. So we look for teachable moments in the questions. And you might learn something you did not know before about your Catholic faith. Praise be to God. That's a good thing. And then we like to laugh. We like to have a good time with our, our guests, at least when they call in, anyway. 877-757-9424. And uh, you know what? They tend to be great. They tend to be a good time. They tend to laugh with us. And we enjoy that quite a bit. And then, of course... We give out prizes, which makes it a winner for everybody involved, right? So here's the deal, though. These three Catholic trivia questions will not be asked to the callers. Nope, they don't have to know them. They could not know a single one and still win, because instead of asking them, I ask Rudy, I ask Adrian, one of which will be correct and the other will be incorrect. And the caller will have 15 seconds on the clock to make a decision. Whom do they trust more? And then every correct answer goes into the coffee cup at Divine Providence to win this week's prize. Rudy, what could they win? Our game show sponsor this week is Goldberry Scriptorium, who is generously sponsoring us with a Marian Antiphon's print set. Your house is going to sound like a beautiful monastery once you learn the beautiful Marian ballads from this print set. Frame them, gift them, give honor to Our Lady. We just talked about, we just got off of a really awesome conversation with Father today about Marian maximalism, well, here's your chance to maximize your Marian devotion. Katie McGinley designs beautiful devotional aids available both in print and digitally on her Etsy page. Please show her some love and check out her wares at the Goldberry Scriptorium. She also does custom orders. Her website is goldberryscriptorium.etsy.com or follow her on Instagram at goldberryscriptorium. All right. Praise be to God. Thank you so much, Goldberry Scriptorium. We're very grateful for your generous sponsorship. Giving us stuff to give away to our audience is something that we love to do uh, on Catholic Drive Time. So praise be to God. Hey, I want to apologize. We had more phone problems this morning. Uh, we are trying to work to sort all of, all of that out. So if you were trying to call in and weren't able to get in, I do apologize. But uh, praise be to God. We do have John on the line. Good morning to you, John. And Joe and Adrian. Good morning. Rudy. Praise be to God. Where are you calling from? Uh, actually calling from uh, Winter Park, Florida. Recently moved. Uh, came from Houston. Uh, used to listen to you guys all the time. Uh, awesome. Praise be to God. So, Winter Park, Florida. That suggests that it's probably, what, you know, 20 below, four feet of snow? <laughs> like, what's... Absolutely uh, <laughs> not. Okay. <laughs> so the weather... Uh, it, it, was a, it was a bit brisk this morning. Okay. It uh, dropped yeah. down, down to 49. Oh, my. It's going to be uh, in the upper 60s today. So, yeah. Did you stock up on, on bread and water, that kind of thing? Uh, oh, yeah, absolutely. I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. Where do you go to church, John? Um, actually, we uh, currently go to uh, St. Patrick's Church in Mount Dora, Florida. Praise be to Florida. God. Well, we're glad a Florida caller. You're officially a Florida now. You have to let go of Houston. It's, it's I, I know. Past. That's going to be hard. I've you, lived there for so long. You never lived, uh, let, let go of Texas. <laughs> you are a Floridian <laughs> now, John. Praise Texas be to God. Texas, you can't take the Texas out of Texas man. Texas will always, will always have a, a part in my heart. <laughs> All right. Let's play our game. Are you familiar with the rules, John? I am. All right. Uh, we are going to start with Rudy. 
as is our custom. Uh, Rudy? Good morning to you, sir. Are you ready? I'm so ready. Are you sure? Yes. Are you sure? Mm, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Definitely. Okay. Hey, Rudy, can you tell me, what is the term for a male saint who lived a life of sanctity but did not suffer martyrdom for his faith? Mm, what do we call that? He didn't suffer martyrdom. Okay, so white martyrdom and mm -hmm. red martyrdom. Okay, mm -hmm. so that's actually called a living witness. A living witness. Living witness. Interesting. Mm -hmm. hmm, okay. Hey, John, let's get a second opinion on this one, okay? Hey, hey Adrian, can you tell me Maybe. what is the term uh -huh. for a male saint who yes. lived a life of sanctity right. but did not okay. suffer martyrdom for his faith? So you're saying someone who confessed the faith during their life. Yeah. So a yeah. confessor. Huh. Hmm. Like a priest? Hmm. Hmm. Well, not huh. necessarily. Hmm. 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 Okay, uh, here is the, here's the <laughs> deal, John. Confess or not to confess, that is the question. <laughs> That's a good um, one. So it's either Adrian with the confessor or Rudy with the living witness. 15 seconds on the clock, John. Who is right, who is wrong, what say you? Gotta go with Rudy. Uh, are you sure? I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's over. In fact, I guess I wasn't sure. In fact, like I, a good hit might have been uh, uh, Valentine's because you know he his head was chopped off, so he was a martyr for the faith. Uh, but what's it? Don Vianney. Yeah, someone who someone who confessed the faith but wasn't a martyr. So the answer is confessor. So now we know, Living right, John? We now we know. Okay. Well, it was a learning experience. A learning experience. Now you can brag later today. About uh, about this particular question, you learned something new. Praise be to God. But I think we're going to get you in the cup with this next question. I want to say this is probably going to be the easiest today. No, second easiest know. today. Second easiest today. It's the hardest question. No, it's not. Here we go. Are you ready, Adrian? Yeah. Can me. you tell me? No, I don't know. I have no clue. <laughs> is that your answer? No, I'm not even <laughs> asking you the question, What's Adrian. The question? Why is mortal sin called mortal? Ah. Why is mortal sin called mortal? Because only mortals can commit them. <laughs> huh. Huh. Uh-huh. Mad facts. <laughs> mad. <laughs> mad is one way to say it. Okay. Hey, Rudy. Hey, Joe. Why is mortal sin called mortal? Because it takes away the life of the soul. Interesting. Seems made up. Kind of kills the it soul. Literally kills your soul. Don't ever commit a mortal sin. Huh. And if you do, go to confession immediately. Immediately. Okay. Seems made up. Hey, uh, John. Here is the deal. Rudy says it's mortal because it kills the life of the soul, and uh, Adrian says because only mortals can commit them. Fifteen seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? John, what say you? Well, you should run, not walk, to the confessional, and Amen. it would be Rudy. Amen to that. Praise be to God. Survey says. Yes, of course. Yes. All right. Yes. Adrian, you're watching too much Marvel Universe, I, I think. I guess. <laughs> I guess angels can commit mortal sin, so mm. they're not mortals. Mm. They can't die. Sounds like papist lies. Uh, <laughs> wow. All right. <laughs> you're in the cup, John. Praise be to God. Did you turn your radio off? Yeah. Down. You turn your radio in the background off so that we don't get the feedback Oops, there. Sorry about that. All right. Okay. I think we're going to double your chances today, John. I think this is this next question. I'm pretty sure. We're going to sail right through Hardest this. Hardest question we've ever had. It, no. In the history of the show. <laughs> in the history? In the history of all of the, the questions ever. It's the hardest question we've ever had. No. All right, John. Here we go. Back to Rudy. Hey, Rudy, can you tell me which sacrament 
gives our souls the new life of grace by which we become children of God. One of the sacraments of initiation, mm-hmm. that is mm-hmm. baptism. And you can only get it once. Really? Yes. Huh. Only once, you say? Just one time. Okay, okay. Seems made up. You know, here in the uh, South, they think you could do it more than They do. It's true. <laughs> it's false. Uh, okay, so baptism was your answer. All right, let's just see what Adrian that. has to say. Adrian, can you tell me? Maybe. Which sacrament okay. gives our soul the new yes. life of grace by which oh. we become mm. children of God? Yes, yes, of course. Yeah. It is a, it is a sacrament in uh-huh. which God says yeah. that we have become his friends. And that would be uh-huh. the sacrament of foot washing. What? True. <laughs> foot washing? Foot washing. Like on Monday, Thursday? It's sacrament of foot washing, my friend. Uh, Every other day. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hey, John, let me see uh, if I humbling, can... A, a very humbling experience. <laughs> yeah. Let me, especially when you have to wash my feet. But anyway, John, here's the deal. Adrian says it's foot washing, but uh, Rudy says it's baptism. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? John, what say you? Gotta go with Rudy again. What? Yeah, I just have what? to, right? What? I mean, you have to. Survey says, yes, man. When you're right, you're right. Yes. Foot washing was uh, actually used to be considered a sacrament, and then uh, it was debated for a while whether or not it was a sacrament, and no one thought that there were less than seven. Most scholars thought there were more than seven. So mm-hmm. it was only in the 1500s when people were like, no, it's only like one or two. Yeah. Wow. There you go. John, you learned something new today. Praise be to God. But you're in for two. You could win, good sir. (laughs) Thank you so much. Try to brave the cold of Florida. God love you, John. We're very grateful that you called in today and and we're our contestant. We're going to put you on hold so we get your number. But uh, thank you for playing our game. Thank you. God love you, John. All right, that is going to do it for the radio side of our show. Hopefully you learned something new today that you did not know. And uh, make sure to share that with someone later in your day. Whoever God puts in your path, maybe a good conversation starter, you never know. If you are able to and you would like to join us for the second half of this hour in our after show where we hang out with you directly, you can do so on our live video feeds on Facebook, YouTube, we're on Twitter, Odyssey, LinkedIn, and we're streaming live on our website, and uh, we'd like to interact with you. It's called The After Show. Find us online at grnonline.com forward slash C-D-T. Get those car raffle tickets. Your time is running out. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. The Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas. Good morning and welcome to the Holy Mass at Our Lady of Corpus Christi Chapel. Today we celebrate the memorial of St. Cyril and Methodius. The intention for today's Mass is for all of our online viewers 
and for those joining us through Guadalupe Radio Media. Sing with all the saints in glory, sing the resurrection song. Death and sorrow were dark story, to the former days belong. All around the clouds are breaking, soon the storms of time shall cease. In God's likeness we awaken, knowing everlasting peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. My brothers and sisters, let us acknowledge our sins, and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to, to Almighty God, God and, and to you, you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what, what I have done, in what, what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Kyrie eleison. Kyrie eleison. Christe eleison. Christe eleison. Kyrie eleison. Kyrie eleison. Let us pray. O God, who enlightened the, enlightened the Slavic peoples through the brothers of St. Cyril and Methodius, grant that our hearts may grasp the words of your teaching and per perfect us as a people of one accord in true faith and right confession. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. reading from the beginning of the letter of St. James. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes in the dispersion, greetings. Consider it all joy, my brothers and sisters, when you encounter various trials, for you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance, and let perseverance be perfect so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. But if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives to all generously and ungrudgingly, and he will be given it. But he should ask in faith, not doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed about by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord, since he is a man of two minds, unstable in all his ways. The brother in lowly circumstances should take pride in high standing, 
and the rich one in his lowliness. For he will pass away like the flower of the field. For the sun comes up with its scorching heat and dries up the grass, its flower droops, and the beauty of its appearance vanishes. So will the rich person fade away in the midst of his pursuits. The word of the Lord. Be kind to me, Lord, and I shall live. Be kind, Be kind to me, Lord, and I shall live. Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I hold to your promise. Be kind to me, Lord, and I shall live. You are good and bountiful. Teach me your statutes. You are kind to me, Lord, and I shall live. It is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I may learn your statutes. Be kind, Be kind to me, Lord, and I shall live. The law of your mouth is to me more precious than thousands of gold and silver pieces. Be, Be kind, kind to me, Lord, and I shall live. I know, O Lord, that your ordinances are just, and in your faithfulness you have afflicted me. Be kind, Be kind to me, Lord, and I shall live. Let your kindness comfort me, according to your promise to your servants. Be kind to me, Lord, and I shall live. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. I am the way and the truth and the life, says the Lord. No one comes to the Father except through me. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. The Lord be with you. With your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, o Lord. The Pharisees came forward and began to argue with Jesus, seeking from him a sign from heaven to test him. He sighed from the depths of his spirit and said, Why does this generation seek a sign? Amen, I say to you, no sign will be given to this generation. Then he left them, got into the boat again, and went off to the other shore. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. In the first reading we begin this week, with the beginning of the letter of St. James, St. James, an apostle of the Lord. And one thing we can appreciate as we go through and listening to the letter of St. James is that he he's a very straight shooter, and he doesn't pull too many punches. And in the reading today, he reminds us something that's very, very important, that all of us will undergo various testings of our faith. But he says it is through these testings that we learn to persevere, for all of, for those of us who are striving, you know, to follow the Lord, who are really consciously and making up that effort to turn away from sin and to follow the Lord more more deeply, more concretely, the Lord sometimes withholds that sensible consolation that we feel of His presence. But He does this not because He's angry with us, but because He wants sometimes to teach us, to help us to learn to rely on Him really in faith. Because if, if we sense those things, then we go, okay, that we think sometimes those feelings are 
uh, that that's God. And when we don't have those feelings or those sensible consolations, somehow God is, is not there. No, he's always there. That's the principle of our faith is that God doesn't go anywhere. He's omnipresent. And it's only sometimes through those trials of whatever degree that we go through that we recognize that God is always there. He doesn't disappear in some little corner of the universe somewhere and forget about us. No, he's always mindful of, of us. He's always there. And those that various sort of repetition of those trials, however often they come, makes that faith in, in that we have much, much stronger, much, much stronger. And we need that faith. Because when we turn to the gospel today, Jesus is, he, the Pharisees have come to argue with him. They ask for a sign. And sometimes we too ask for signs. And that's necess not necessarily a bad thing. But the Lord recognizes that this, they are asking for a sign because they have no faith. They don't really believe. The Lord has given plenty of signs in that time in order for them to believe uh, who he is, that he is the, the Messiah, the Son of God. But they don't want to see these. They want something that's going to, that they, they want proof. Proof that God exists. Proof that he is the one. And so is that old saying, you know, that for those who do not believe, uh, there's, there's not, there will be no, no, not, not enough proof. And for those who have faith, there's no need for proof. No need. So sometimes we ask God for a sign to confirm something. And if we ask in faith, then we can be sure that the Lord will somehow show us, whether it is something exterior or, more importantly, an interior confirmation of his will and of his goodness. But if we ask in doubt, then the Lord, why would he, why would he, need, why would he give us a sign? Because we're not going to believe anyway. And this is sort of the crux of, that, of his encounter with the Pharisees this time. And that line from St. Mark, and he's the only one who, who characterizes uh, Jesus at this moment, he says, Jesus sighed from the depth of his spirit. That's a profound saying. Sighed from the depth of his spirit. Um, perhaps it was a sigh of, of exacerbation. <laughs> All the ways that the Lord was showing his presence, his love, and his goodness, and that was not going to be enough. But we, in faith, because we recognize God's goodness, we recognize his presence among us, and that's, that is the, really the foundation of our faith. We realize that the Lord does not need to give us signs. We know he is with us. And that kind of leads us to the second, the last point, that I think it is important that we, re, we remember, because we, have, we, we have easily have spiritual amnesia, that we forget the good things that God does in our life. We forget all the ways that we have prayed and those prayers have been answered. If we were to keep a journal of all the prayers that we ask God and all the ways that have been answered, um, it, it, would be, it would be a way of reminding us that when we go through that trial of faith, the Lord is there. He will come through and we should have no doubt. So may St. James help us to uh, have a much, a much stronger faith. And as we go through those trials in life and we recognize that the Lord is always near to us. We simply have to cry out to ask him to increase our faith and to have great wisdom and to, to learn to love him even when we don't sen sense it. Amen. We have gathered here, dear brothers and sisters, to celebrate the mysteries of our redemption. Let us uh, therefore ask Almighty God the whole world may be watered from these springs of all blessing and life.
Remember, especially in this month of February, all those who have vowed themselves for God, all those who are consecrated to him in consecrated life, that with his help they may faithfully keep to their resolve, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for peace among nations that delivered from all turmoil, the peoples may serve God in freedom of heart. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for the elderly and for all who suffer from sickness or from isolation, that they may be strengthened by our love of them as our brothers and sisters, and that the Lord may console them in, in, their, in their suffering. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For ourselves gathered here, that as God does not cease to sustain us with the things of this life, we may know how to use them in such a way that we may even hold now to the things that endure forever. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For the intentions of those who are joining us online and through Guadalupe Radio, for all the intentions we hold in our hearts of those who have asked us to pray for them, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Remember, too, those who are enrolled in our Salt Mass Association, and for all for those who have died, and all the holy souls in purgatory, may they rest in peace. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. May your mercy, we beseech you, O Lord, be with your people who cry to you, so that what they seek at your prompting, they may obtain by your ready generosity through Christ our Lord. Amen. God, Father, praise and glory, thy children bring to thee, thy grace and peace to mankind shall now forever be. O most holy Trinity, undivided unity, holy God, Mighty God, God immortal, be adored. And Thou, Lord co-eternal, God's soul-begotten Son, O Jesus, King anointed, who hast redemption won. O most holy Trinity, undivided unity, holy God, mighty God, God immortal, be adored. Pray, dearly beloved, that my sacrifice to yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. May the Lord accept the sacrifice at your hands for the praise and the glory of his name, for our good and the good of all his holy church. Look, O Lord, upon the offerings which we bring before your majesty in commemoration of Saints Cyril and Methodius, and grant that these gifts may become the sign of a new humanity, reconciled to you in loving charity, through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit, lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and just. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation. Always and everywhere to give you thanks. Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God, through Christ our Lord. For in the marvelous confession of your saints, you make your church fruitful with strength ever new, and offer us your signs of your love. 
and that your saving mysteries may be he fulfilled. Their great example lends us courage. Their fervent prayers sustain us in all we do. And so, Lord, with all the angels and saints, we too give you thanks, as in exaltation we acclaim. Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus Deus Sabaho, plenis unceli et terra, gloria tua, hosanna in excelsis, benedictus, qui venit in nomine Domini, hosanna, in excelsis. You are indeed holy, O Lord, and all you have created rightly gives you praise. For through your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, by the power and working of the Holy Spirit, you give life to all things and make them holy. And you never cease to gather a people to yourself, so that from the rising of the sun to its setting, a pure sacrifice may be offered to your name. Therefore, O Lord, we humbly implore you by the same Spirit, graciously make holy these gifts we have brought to you for consecration, that they may become the body and blood of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, at whose command we celebrate these mysteries. For on the night he was betrayed, he himself took bread, and giving you thanks, he said the blessing, broke the bread, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it. For this is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice. And giving you thanks, he said the blessing, gave the chalice to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith, save us, Savior of the world. For by your cross and resurrection, you have set us free. Therefore, O Lord, as we celebrate the memorial of the saving passion of your Son, his wondrous resurrection and ascension into heaven, and as we look forward to his second coming, we offer you in thanksgiving this holy and living sacrifice. Look, we pray, upon the oblation of your church and recognizing the sacrificial victim by whose death you will to reconcile us to yourself. Grant that we who are nourished by the body and blood of your Son and filled with his Holy Spirit may become one body, one spirit in Christ. May he make of us an eternal offering to you so that we may obtain an inheritance with your elect, especially with the most blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with blessed Joseph, her spouse, with your blessed apostles and glorious martyrs, with St. Cyril and Methodius, and with all the saints, on whose constant intercession in your presence we rely for unfailing help. May the sacrifice of our reconciliation, we pray, O Lord, advance the peace and salvation of all the world. 
be pleased to confirm in faith and charity your pilgrim church on earth. With your servant Francis, our Pope, and Michael, our Bishop, the order of bishops, all the clergy, and the entire people you have gained for your own. Listen graciously to the prayers of this family whom you have summoned to before you. In your compassion, O merciful Father, gather to yourself all your children scattered throughout the world. To our departed brothers and sisters, and to all who are pleasing to you at their passing from this life, give kind admittance to your kingdom. There we hope to enjoy forever the fullness of your glory through Christ our Lord, through whom you bestow in the world all that is good. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen. At the Savior's command, informed by divine teaching, we dare to say, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And with your spirit. Let us offer each other the sign of peace. Agnus Dei, Qui tollis peccata mundi, miserere nobis. Agnus Dei, qui tollis peccata mundi, miserere nobis. Agnus Dei, qui tollis peccata mundi, Dona nobis pacem. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but holy save the word, my soul shall be. The disciples went forth and preached to the gospel while the Lord worked with them, confirming the word through accompanying signs.
an act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you are already there, and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, every tongue confess him, King of glory now. Tis the Father's pleasure, we should call him Lord, who from the beginning was the mighty word. Humbled for a season to receive a name From the lips of sinners unto whom he came Faithfully he bore it, spotless to the last Brought it back victorious when through death he passed, bore it up triumphant with its human light, through all ranks of creatures to the central height, to the throne of Godhead, to the Father's breast, filled it with the glory of that perfect rest. Name him, Christians, name him, strong your love as death, but with awe and wonder and with life-filled breath. He is God the Savior, he is Christ the Lord, ever to be worshipped, evermore adored. Let us pray. O God, Father of all nations, who make us shares in the one bread and the one spirit, and heirs of the eternal banquet, grant in your kindness on this feast day of Saints Cyril and Methodius that the multitude of your children, persevering in the same faith, may be united in building up the kingdom of justice and peace through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Almighty God bless you, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go forth, the Mass is ended. Thanks, Thanks. be to God. Our Lady of the Most Holy Trinity, Most Holy Immaculate Virgin Mary, you are the Mother of God Himself. You are the Queen of all creation. You are the Keeper of Heaven's treasure. You are our help and protection. Grant
the prayer to St. Michael. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world seeking the ruins of souls. Amen. Prayer of Deliverance Almighty God and Father, we beg Thee through the intercession and help of the Archangels St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. Celebrating 2,000 years of truth, this is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul.